asked recently you know what what was uh, over your career what was sort of one of the most interesting and fun and things that you did and I, I i would have to put iln at the top of the list um you know the opportunities to work with lawyers throughout the world to learn about their uh, judicial systems the way they do business the way the laws work in their country countries um, you know, the way they work with their clients um, you know the perspectives that getting to know all, uh, all of you know, most of the lawyers in the ILN and, and spending time with them from a professional standpoint uh, uh, was really uh, eye-opening and, 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 and fulfilling uh, and I think in many ways made me a better lawyer. Hello, and welcome to the Law Firm Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Griffiths, Executive Director of the International Lawyers Network. And our guest this week is Peter Altieri with Epstein, Becker, and Green, also our former chairman. And Peter, it's lovely to have you this week. We're so glad you could join us. Lindsay, it's great to be here. I'm uh, uh, excited to uh, participate with you and, and enjoy all the things that you do through your podcasts and social media and otherwise and all the great support that you've given to ILN over the years. Thanks so much. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the firm and your practice? Sure. Um, so Epstein, Becker and Green, the firm is a, is a national law firm in the United States and we have about 300 lawyers and we're in 11 or 12 offices. Uh, um, but primarily uh, New York and Washington-centric. Uh, Our three uh, areas of concentration uh, are in healthcare and the regulatory aspects and the business of healthcare, uh, uh, in labor and employment, uh, primarily representing management in labor and employment matters, and then litigation to support those groups. We made a decision um, uh, coming out of 08 and 09 uh, to not be a mid-sized firm that tries to do everything, uh, but rather to be a mid-sized firm that has focused excellence in, in niche areas and, 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 and core areas. And uh, so that's really the, the nature of our, our practice and, and the firm. Uh, personally, uh, I, I joined the firm as a, uh, a senior associate back in 1987, uh, became a, a shareholder in 1990, uh, and have uh, enjoyed my uh, now 34 years uh, uh, with the firm. Uh, and um, I'm by nature a commercial litigator. Uh, over the years, uh, 42 years of practicing litigation in New York City, you do a little bit of everything uh, and, and learn a lot. But uh, uh, the last 10 or 15 years, uh, my um, specialty has become sort of the movement of employees and information between firms. And that involves, uh, um, you know, theft of trade secrets, non-competes, 
team move. Sometimes our client is, is attracting the team and bring, trying to bring them on and do it with the least amount of liability as possible. And we'll structure that. And sometimes our clients are losing a team uh, and we have to chase after them and do the forensic work and make sure that they've been uh, good leavers. But you know that's a, a, an important part of my practice. I also am a commercial arbitrator. I'm on the International Center for Dispute Resolution panel as well as the AAA panel. And um, my plan is actually to, in the near future, to leave private practice, leave the firm, and uh, just pursue um, and continue my arbitration practice uh, individually. Yeah, that'll be big news for our members, I'm sure, because a lot of them don't know that. Well, it's a big, it's a big news for me too. It's a transition. I, you know, it's very difficult after uh, 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 so many years working with the same people and colleagues and firm to uh, to unplug. Uh, um, but my feeling is just by nature, I'm I'm not just a keeping a, t a toe in the tub type person that I would find myself uh, uh, plunging back in if I didn't sort of do the. Uh, uh, the separation and and uh, listen, I, I have great relations with the firm, and if we find that that doesn't work uh, in that unlikely scenario, certainly I might uh, I may re-enter private practice uh, after exiting. But uh, the plan is not to do that and just to uh, enjoy other things in life and and and, and continue the arbitration gig. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's great. I'm excited for you. So. Let's dive into some of our other questions. Uh, what is your biggest challenge at the moment and how are you working to overcome it? I think this transition that I've just described is, is somewhat of a challenge, but uh, you know, the fact of the matter is uh, the pandemic has uh, uh, caused a challenge for everybody uh, uh, in, in terms of the way we do our business, the way we uh, relate to our clients, the way we work when, with our uh, colleagues, uh, the way we uh, do everything. It's, it's somewhat different when not everyone's going to the office and working face-to-face -face and, and having those things. So, you know, that's been a, a, a really large challenge, although I have to say, surprisingly, I think one of your other questions is what are you surprised about? And I think it, it, it covers uh, uh, that as well as, uh, you know, how, how well it's worked, at least in, in what I would consider the, the immediate term or the short term, uh, that the firm has been busier than ever, that the, everyone seems to be getting their work done and doing it efficiently. And many people are in, actually enjoying the remote experience and not with New York City, almost everyone commutes to the office, some as little as 15 or 20 minutes, but uh, many uh, for an hour, an hour and a half. And that, that found time has produced two things. One, uh, uh, better quality uh, uh, of life without the commute. And, and you can actually work more hours in terms of what your client doing, um, but be around home sooner and, and actually have less hours away. So. Uh, you know, I think that that's been uh, uh, challenging and surprising. Yeah, for sure. I, I would agree. Um, and do you think that factored into your decision to change what you're doing and, and leave private practice? No, you know, I've really sort of been on that uh, uh, um, path to do that pre-pandemic. And I think, unfortunately, you know, you, you would want to normally do that uh, in, 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 it, 
it's awkward enough uh, a process that you'd like to be able to do it in person and to do it that way and be taking you know my junior partners out with my clients for lunches and, and talk about the transition and do things that way and I haven't been able to do that uh, as effectively as one might do uh, and other than the pandemic but this was not you know, my decision to do this wasn't in any way influenced or brought about uh, by the yeah. Yeah, that does make things harder, I, I would say, you know, I, and I think that is one of the things that we've looked at, um, you know, is the way that it's Im impacted younger lawyers um, and their ability to learn and adapt and, and get the experience that they normally would have. So um, that's an interesting thing to look at is that succession process um, for them. And, uh, you know, as you say, it, uh, it would, it does impact the way you would transition, um, some of those, uh, those younger partners into, um, to dealing with your clients. So I'm guessing you've had to do a lot of that virtually. Yes. Via zoom and via phone calls and things like that, not the ideal way, but it's certainly working and, and everyone's adapting and going forward that way. Now you mentioned, um, you know, mentoring, uh, and, you know, that I think to some degree is harder to do virtually uh, in terms of both, you know, you don't necessarily schedule a mentoring opportunity. And those things tend to happen when you walk into somebody's office and you have a conversation. A lot of mentoring is what I would say more in downtime or, or unofficial rather than official. Uh, and, you know, that's something that I think has uh, 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 you know, will will suffer in the long run uh, if we were to remain virtual. But everything that I'm seeing, we're back in the office now. Uh, uh, um, you know, nearly full time. Although you know, a lot of our attorneys are remaining remote uh, several days a week, uh, and and you know, I think that will continue to evolve and change. Where hopefully we'll have everybody back in at or near uh, uh, full-time uh, in, in next year. Uh, so that's, uh, I, I think will be a positive thing for mentoring uh, opportunities going forward. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, what do you think is the biggest area related to your practice or industry that you're curious about and why is that? Hmm. I guess what I'd say there is, you know, how is it, you know, things change very rapidly and, and things are only changing more rapidly going forward. So I guess what I'd say I'm curious about as I sit here today is what are the changes going to be and how rapidly will they come? And you know, you see things like artificial intelligence and what's happening that way. How is that gonna impact uh, what we do as lawyers and law firms uh, with our clients day to day? Um, you know, I guess if you say, am I curious about something uh, about that is that, you know, how quickly will um, the services we provide and, and, and the things that we do as lawyers today, you know, how rapidly is that going to change? Uh, not just with artificial intelligence, but otherwise. I think it's certainly has always been an evolving process, uh, but my sense is things are evolving much more quickly. 
Yeah. And it's been interesting, I think, to see over the last 10 years, how much more quickly things have evolved than ever before. So, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see, does that, and I guess it does, you know, just the way technology evolves anyway, but even in the legal profession, how much more quickly things will evolve, you know, over the next several decades. We're probably slower than most, but I think that uh, uh, the fact of the matter is uh, it, it is changing and will continue to change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so to touch back on, you know, we said we were, we were talking about mentorship. Um, I'm curious to hear about who has been your biggest mentor. Hmm. Well, biggest, that's easy. Um uh, when I um, uh, graduated from law school, my first job was with a firm called the law firm of Malcolm Hoffman. Actually, it was my only other job other than Epstein Becker. And Malcolm was six foot seven and about 325 pounds. Uh, so he's clearly the biggest, but <laughs> he's also probably uh, in, in some respects and at least initially the most important. He's a very interesting uh, gentleman who um, uh, uh, graduated Harvard undergraduate in, in 1934 uh, and Harvard Law School in 37. And, and, and you know, as a, a Jew was unable to get jobs in, in New York City law firms uh, in those days, and he went to work for the government and he was the uh, chief prosecutor in the Southern District of New York for the uh, uh, antitrust department. Uh, of, the, of the Justice Department, the Antitrust Division of the Justice Department. Um, and so he did government service for 20 years and then started his own practice and did plaintiff's antitrust work. I was fortunate enough to work in his firm the first seven years of my career. And Malcolm was just a, a wonderful person as well as a wonderful lawyer. Uh, great trial experience, uh, knew how to try cases, very intelligent. Um, but what he taught me was it's very important to uh, not only work with your colleagues, but to become friends with your colleagues and to really understand personally what's going on in their lives and, and to have that to be as important as um, uh, what you're doing at work that day. Uh, uh, Malcolm believed in going out to lunch and having lunch with everyone. Malcolm believed at the end of the day you go into the library and you played a game where you pitched quarters against the bookcase and who got it closest, uh, you know, won, won the quarters. Uh, you know, we did fun things like that. And I think that, you know, looking back of now in terms of lawyers and, and what we do and how we work with our associates and the importance of the billable hour and all those sort of things, uh, you know, I think it was very helpful to me and, and a good message to everyone that it's critical to uh, understand and to and to look at the the, the people that you're uh, working with and, and to and to work with them as as individuals and as, as fellow humans and to take a, a holistic interest in them, not just you know when am I going to get this project and how is that going to get done and, and and make sure you do this or that, and and I think that was a great influence uh, uh, on me. And the fact of the matter is, I don't think you ever have just one mentor. Mentoring is something that you experience throughout your entire career. And, and you can both be a mentor and also be mentored through that, uh, through that period. So I think mentorship is really important as an ongoing thing. And, um, you know, you can be mentored as a, 
a, a good trial lawyer. You can be mentored as uh, in, in terms of, you know, one of the other things with Malcolm and frankly with, with uh, the, the senior mentors that I've had at Epstein Becker is, is the importance of, you know, sort of being ethical and doing the right thing uh, and, and always have that as the first uh, guidepost in, in whatever decisions you're taking and actions you're taking on behalf of your clients and, 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 and personally. And, you know, that's something uh, uh, that, that's really important uh, as, a, as, a, as the, you know, the first guidepost of, of, of your conduct. Um, but, you know, people mentor in different ways. People mentor as, as good lawyering. People mentor as uh, uh, being a good mentor. Uh, 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 there, there are lots of different uh, things that uh, you can learn from others uh, uh, that make you uh, a, a, a better advocate, a better lawyer, a better person, a better firm partner. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, I think that you have to uh, uh, have to commit to uh, not only uh, being a mentor, but also commit to seeking mentorship uh, throughout your career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could not agree more. And that's really wonderful. It's lovely to hear about Malcolm and um, the way that he was. Um, so uh, that's really great. Um, and uh, sort of leading off of that, um, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Hmm. Uh, actually, that's something I can, uh, I don't mean to be a little soppy here or sentimental, but you know, I, I, as a young lawyer, uh, senior associate, wondering about partnership, what, I, what do I want to do? Am I ever going to make it? Uh, uh, how am I going to bring in business? All the sort of thing. Am I going to be good enough? And all those sort of things. You know, my father would say to me, uh, 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 Peter, don't worry about it. Just be yourself. Be, be honest with your people. Be transparent. Uh, be straightforward and work hard and everything else will work out. So, you know, I think if you can sort of take that as a mantra to conduct yourself and, and you can always rely on that as a foundation for what you're doing and when you're confused and upset and, 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 and misguided or depressed or whatever it may be, uh, you know, falling back on understanding those basic things of, of, of just, uh, uh, you know, blocking and tackling. Uh, be a good person, do what you're supposed to do, work hard and things will work out uh, has certainly um, uh, carried a, a long way throughout my career. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hmm. Well, um, one of the things I really enjoy doing is um, uh, presenting and having a meal uh, with others. And uh, I, I enjoy uh, going to the grocery store and picking out the fish or the meat or whatever it's going to be that I'm going to prepare. Uh, uh, I enjoy going out to the herb box outside and, and picking the right herbs to go with whatever vegetables or, or, or food I'm cooking and, and doing it that way. I enjoy preparing the meal uh, and uh, 
really enjoy eating it. The other thing I like to do is I think, you know, one of the most important courses of whatever you're serving for dinner is the wine you choose to go along with it. And so uh, I, I also enjoy that. So that overall uh, experience of, 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 of shopping, cooking, dining, eating with friends is something that I, uh, I, I really enjoy. That's great. And that is something I didn't know about you. <laughs> um, and you told us about a mentor that had a really big impact on your life. So um, it would be great to hear about a client that changed your practice. Well, um, I think clients can be mentors too. Uh, I, I can think of one in particular who um, had a very different style than I did in litigation. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, this was a client who was very intelligent, uh, uh, experienced, uh, and very aggressive. Uh, and, you know, I think at times um, uh, pushed me to do things uh, in terms of thinking about a problem or taking an approach uh, always within the, the boundaries of what is appropriate, but, but doing things a little bit more aggressively uh, or affirmatively uh, to get to the same result. And I think, you know, this uh, individual through um, his uh, uh, nature to uh, be uh, uh, combative uh, and to be to think about uh, uh, ways to instigate uh, 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 disputes sometimes in order to achieve a result uh, was somewhat contrarian to my general approach to things. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I learned a lot from, from working uh, with him uh, uh, over the years. That's interesting. Yeah, when you have a client that pushes back on your style, it can encourage you to think more critically about the way that you do things. Absolutely. And that, that's, that's what happened here. And, and listen, lots of times I got him over to my position or, or my approach. We didn't adapt it, but, you know, uh, other times we did and, and, and we did it collaboratively. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's sometimes it's nice to sometimes be challenged by a client, but also have the give and take. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's a perfect illustration of your role as an arbitrator, too. Right. <laughs> yeah, except I'm one of the parties as well. But right. It. In that case. Right. <laughs> which is not really your role. But <laughs> um, and so what that, you know, brings me to sort of almost wrapping up. But what does being a part of the ILN mean to you? Well, um, I, I, I was asked recently, you know, what, what was uh, over your career, what was sort of one of the most interesting and fun and things that you did? And I, I, I would have to put ILN at the top of the list. Um, you know, the opportunities to work with lawyers throughout the world to learn about their uh, judicial systems, the way they do business, the way the laws work in their country, countries, um, uh, the way they work with their clients, um, you know, the perspectives that getting to know all, all of, you know, most of the lawyers in the ILN and, and spending time with them 
from a professional standpoint uh, uh, was really uh, eye-opening and, 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 and fulfilling. Uh, and I think in many ways made me a better lawyer. That's just one half of it. Uh, you know, the other half is sort of the exposure to uh, so many different cultures and, and people uh, and, and, and what goes on elsewhere in the world and the opportunities to travel with the ILN and to uh, take time off uh, uh, three or four days uh, for the various meetings that we might go to. And during those really focus on sort of your marketing, your professional practice, what you do, uh, the time away. Uh, uh, listen, it's not a sabbatical, uh, uh, but it's a mini sabbatical that way. Uh, the ILN meetings where you do get to recharge a little bit and, and refocus and, and figure out how you market with your referral sources, the people there, and learn about what they do. And I guess the final aspect of, of ILN is that, you know, I, 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 be forewarned, I, I'm looking forward in my retirement to traveling and visiting many of my friends uh, uh, who I've made uh, over my uh, uh, 30 years in, in involvement with the ILN. Uh, and, and hope that they will also uh, do the same and, and visit me, even though I, I, I won't be a fixture at the meetings uh, the way I was for so many years. Yeah. And I think, you know, travel enriches us in ways that uh, nothing else does. So um, especially, as you say, getting the opportunity to meet people and learn about people who are from the places that we're visiting. Um, and that's that really is such a gift. We're not tourists when we're at the ILN. Uh, we're friends, uh, and, and and that just gives a different whole spectra to uh, what we're experiencing when we're visiting people in different cities and countries throughout the world, and and and, and becoming and 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 being friends. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's one piece of advice you would give to the people listening to this podcast? You stumped me. I know. <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs> I know. I go back to what my father said, work hard and be honest and uh, be yourself and uh, everything uh, should be good. But I think, you know, I, in that sense, um, you know, I think it's important uh, uh, to always understand what your purpose is and to have a purpose and to fulfill that purpose. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, sometimes we lose sight because we're caught up in the moment or we're so focused on, on a particular thing, uh, you know, keeping your eyes open and your head above water uh, 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 throughout the process to uh, be purposeful, I think would be uh, my advice. Yeah, that's great. Remember your why. That's good advice for everyone. Um, and then my final question that I always ask is outside of work and, and everything that's going on at the moment, what is one thing that you're really enjoying? Well, uh, I'm really enjoying uh, seeing uh, the uh, growth, success, and happiness of, of my children, our children. Uh, I'm very proud of my uh, oldest, my daughter, uh, who uh, after a 
eight years of working in sort of public service areas and working with children in education, decided to go to law school. And uh, she graduated in May and passed the bar. And this uh, earlier, uh, uh, late last week was admitted to the Pennsylvania bar. And she's working with the uh, uh, Kids Voice, which is uh, working with foster children and, and, and advocating for them for their educational needs. Uh, and similarly, and so supporting her, working with her, doing that uh, uh, is, is just terrific. And uh, son-in-law is great in doing what he's doing uh, with his uh, uh, sort of uh, tech business and seeing it grow and seeing him grow and, and what they've done. It's, it's fabulous in Pittsburgh. And then my son, John, um, uh, who has had a successful career with Cushman and Wakefield as a, uh, a uh, commercial leasing broker. And he's, um, he lived with my dad for seven or eight years. When my dad passed, he uh, uh, went out and bought his own home and is a, a homeowner and, and, and doing that and, and developing that and sort of supporting him both and sort of mentoring both uh, ideas with respect to his real estate career and also as, as a homeowner. Uh, you know, those things really uh, uh, give Sandy and I great joy. That's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear they're both doing so well. Well, thank you, Lindsay. How, 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 how is your dad and how are you doing? <laughs> We're all doing very well. My dad is enjoying his retirement and uh, finding a lot of joy in um, the grandkids. And he has a new puppy. Oh, that's good. Yes. So that's bringing him a lot of joy, too, which I'm happy, very happy about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, give he and your mom our best. I will. And I know he shares the same. So thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's been a real pleasure. And um, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another guest. And in the meantime, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you so much. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for having me.